Hey guys, what's up? It's Pablo here, and you're about to listen to a new episode of the Cooldown Time Podcast, and uh, this one is special. Uh, you know, it's special because you're about to listen to it, and you're going to love it, and you're not going to say anything about the jacked up audio that you're about to uh, endure. It, it Marco's mic, unfortunately, something's going on with his computer. We recorded this whole entire episode. Great episode, by the way. It's just that his audio is just not good. Uh, we did the best we could with it. Uh, it's still totally listenable. Like You can definitely listen to this, this great episode, and and it's not really going to hinder that. It's just, unfortunately, the quality is going to be trash. So enjoy this not-trash episode with some trash audio, and uh, take a listen. Three, two, one, go! This is episode 46 of the Cooldown Time Podcast. I'm your graphically impressive host, Marco, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-op co-host, Pablo to talk about gaming's best and bootiest once again. Pablo, what's going on, man? How you doing? Doing pretty good. Uh, ready to talk about some games here, some controversial takes mm. coming, I'm sure. Uh, it's going to get a little spicy today. Yeah. It'll we're be interesting to go there. Land. Yep. Yeah. In this episode, we will be covering five shocking things that gamers get horribly wrong. Our takes on Hogwarts Legacy and J.K. Rowling. And much more. So if you're a new listener or a returning listener, thanks for checking us out. And if you like what you hear, give our podcast a sub when you're done. We drop new episodes weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other popular streaming apps that you might like. You can also follow us on IG at Cooldown Time Podcast or Twitter at Cooldown Time Pod if you want to stay connected with your boys in between episodes. But let's get this episode underway, and we always do that by starting with Loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. All right. So, uh, other than our usual uh, Elden ringing, um, we have been, uh, you know, <laughs> just dabbling in some other stuff when, when time permits. We've both been pretty busy. Uh, Pablo's still got a new kid on the way. It's still happening. He hasn't delayed that till uh, 2023 yet. I wish uh, I could. Still on target <laughs> uh, for release. And uh, I actually got my pops in town uh, coming up next week, so I'm trying to get some gaming in now while I can uh, before he shows up and, and takes over my living room. So uh, <laughs> with the time I have, with the time Pablo has, we've tried out a new release that kind of shadow dropped on us called Tunic. Uh, came out on Xbox Game Pass after some kind of uh, indie showcase stream presentation that was, I think, kind of a snooze fest from... Uh, from what I heard, other than this thing and a few other announcements. But uh, nevertheless, Tunic comes out. It's uh, getting really good reviews right now. And, uh, of course, we had to try it out since it's on Game Pass. So, um, Pablo, I'm going to go ahead and kick it over to you first. A um, lot of people are, are giving this game a lot of glowing reviews and high marks and uh, a lot of praise. Mm -hmm. But how do you feel? Yeah, I think um, I think the nature of this game would kind of just like, just how these specific games are reviewed or talked about. I, I, I don't know. I think they are looked at and even reviewed and even spoken about on a specific kind of curve. I, I, I don't I don't quite understand the unanimous praise to Death's Door, and that kind of also translates over to Tunic. Now, I don't think Tunic is a bad game 
by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think that the review scores it gets and, and how people are talking about it and, and, and how people are saying, oh, it's the game that got me out of, you know, playing Elden Ring consistently. It's like, I, 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 I don't see it. I mean, look, I think the introduction to the game does it a, a pretty massive disservice because of how much the game wants to ex- wants you to explore. However, it, it kind of hinders your exploration really early on uh, until you kind of get the sword. And once you get the sword... A whole, basically that whole map pretty much opens up to you. Um, I think that when when these games are, are they come out, the thing that people always talk about is how much they remind them of Zelda or they remind them of Souls games. And yeah, I mean this game is quite literally named Tunic, which is exactly what Link wears in in you know the Zelda games, and he yeah. looks like Link. And it's I mean, green. There's, there's, yeah, it, there's no hiding that. Mm-hmm. I just I, I I don't I just don't find anything uh, that's too Zelda about it like i I, yes asymmetric the the kind of like you know over the top view sure but other than that i it's like every other game that would have came out in that super in that super nintendo era it it just doesn't do like i don't play that game and go wow this reminds me a lot of of zelda or anything like that it does remind me a lot of souls games but i feel like all those mechanics are wholly unnecessary honestly they hinder the game and a lot of the stuff there's a lot of cool accessibility Mm. stuff like you could turn off the stamina meter and just kind of roll and not 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 you know not really care about stamina you could even turn off the health if you wanted to and just just never die and no fail state but then i i think at that point it kind of takes away all kind of um I don't know. There's no stakes anymore. It's just kind of you hacking through something and you can just like, it just doesn't feel, none of that stuff feels really good. Like, for example, there's a game uh, that we talk about all the time called Celeste. And Celeste has a whole bunch of accessibility things that you can make the game easier for you. But there's not, it's not like a baby ass baby mode where nothing happens to you. It just, it makes the experience and it caters the experience to, 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 in a way that it never feels like, you're playing the game is broken but with tunic by turning all, all that stuff off it just doesn't feel like it's not fun anymore and so i don't know i i think ultimately to me this game kind of falls in the same category as all other games that try to be like zelda or uh or um souls like games i don't care about mm-hmm. that i if it's not a zelda game i don't care if you're zelda like if it's not a souls games i don't care if you're if you're a souls like usually you do both those things badly yeah. anyway or not good enough <laughs> to, you know jack of all trades yeah. master of none type conversation and i just i don't know man it's nothing about this game really speaks to me on any level other than i think the art graphic art styles is, is neat i think it looks really cool i think some of the uh level design once like is 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 nice i like it um mm. uh ultimately i i just it, other than that nothing about the game really speaks to me on any level and, and and it's a shame because it was one of those games that when it was uh when it was like revealed like yeah. five six years ago it was like you were kind of into it yeah yeah this looks um, amazing and then you know it, it's uh the only it, it's just tough i guess it's really tough to emulate this game the only games that have ever kind of really brought the zelda formula to uh to its game and it's like works incredible it's blossom tales from uh, nintendo switch i know that one yeah yeah that that's like a that's like a perfect that this legitimately is Zelda game it's so it's so good in, in the way they've done that but this game it, it, it's neither here nor there on those two fronts and and it's just for me. I'll even venture to say that it's not very good to me. It's, I was yeah. just gonna say. I think you're being yeah. a little too kind, but yeah. Yeah, you, I just you, for me, it's not very good. And I and I, and I gave it a, and I gave it a really good go. I, I wasn't going to, but then I'm like, let me get the sword. Let me get the shield. Let me let me actually give it it. And and I actually, I think I might have put like almost, which is not a lot of people here. Like, oh, but you know, I think you get the gist of it after two hours, and that's pretty much what I put into oh, it. Yeah. It's just like, I, it's it's just one of those things for me where it's like, all right, oh, I. 
not only do I not get it, I, I honestly I actively think that this game is not that great. It's not. Yeah, I, yeah, and and it sometimes you know of course it's just our preferences versus what's out there. So you know we're we're definitely I guess in the minority here, and that's fine. But yeah, I kind of agree. I played it, and and I honestly I didn't really put a lot of time into it at all because I knew pretty quickly that it wasn't for me and it gave me flashbacks of death's door from last year yeah where it was almost it's it's a very similar game actually to, to death's door mm-hmm. uh it's it's that it's taking like the the zelda kind of you know thing and putting it with the souls kind of thing and then mashing it together giving it some quirky animal that you're playing as and there you go there's your game and it just right. felt yeah. it felt pretty formulaic like that and um I think from the outset, I was just, I actually don't like the art style at all. I don't like mm-hmm. that, the, the flat, weird looking kind of, everything looks like, like 3D cones and stuff, it, it, yeah. the trees and things like that. It didn't look good to me at all. Um, and I don't really like uh, how the first, like the opening 20, 30 minutes are of that game because it does this thing where I think it tries to harken back to like old school strategy guide days with the tutorial pages you can collect in the beginning. And that's throughout the whole game. That's like a huge mechanic. Of, uh, yeah, and, and, and people really like that and that's fine. But to me, it was really dumb in the beginning because it's one of those games where the, the opening is supposed to be a tutorial, but they don't teach you how to do anything. So you have yeah. to figure out what each button does by yourself. And then later you get a page that tells you what those buttons were, were, were going to do so that it becomes kind of a pointless tutorial page because by that yeah. point you've already figured it out. Like I, I already know how to and, swing my, my stick now. You know what I mean? And there's like a there's like a specific knowledge to the game. I'm sorry, the language in the game. Yes. And it, that stuff, I don't understand why they did it the way they did it because – And it's inconsistent. Yeah, it, sometimes it tells you exactly what it is, and that's how you know it's a key item. And then when it's not a key item, uh, it, it, it just tells you what it is, and it, you either hit cancel or okay, and it's like, why wouldn't you hit okay? I <laughs> yeah. mean, it's... It, I, yeah, no, I, I'm I'll sure, pass on this key that yeah, looks pretty important, actually. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who are going to decipher that, because it looks decipherable uh, with the I pages. Think is, yeah. and, and, I, and I I think that's... Uh, that kind of like meta... Um, level to, to games are it's cool you know I, I like any anything that that can go a little deeper than than what's on in the surface level but i ultimately it doesn't really add anything to the game and it's prevalent throughout the entire game signs yeah. usually don't say anything you know it's like uh, all right I, I don't know I, that's not really a complaint that's just kind of a thing where it's like all right why you know? yeah and i i think just you know i definitely feel like it's a, a very polished game though but i just think that fundamentally well, it it's six years There's yeah one no, guy though um one guy though i mean that's pretty impressive but at the same time like i knew the minute i turned on that game and i saw that labyrinth looking map Everything looks like a maze. You get stuck at this corner, then you got to turn around. You can see it, uh, like a, it, it. You can see like the map design kind of like, as you're looking above and below where your character is at in some in some places. The combat felt very very sleepy to me. Um, yeah, I know the early goings of the game are probably very easy because they want you to you know learn the game, get your bearings. But even then, it, much like Death's Door. It's just like I feel like I'm just kind of slashing at things and and, and you know yeah. holding up a shield and, and dodge rolling in this very boring way that isn't. I, I, it's like Souls in in the function, but it's not in in yeah. the fun. You know what I mean? I think you know. I, I think that the combat does get a little more interesting, um, but there's a huge spike on bosses. Uh, there's not a lot of bosses, but at least from what I've seen, it's like only a handful, and, and that that just becomes not fun. Uh, yeah, and, and that's a problem. I mean, obviously, I haven't gotten to that part, but like. Games like this to me have to earn that part. Yeah. Earn the difficult, like make me care enough to want to like conquer the boss. 
yeah, instead yeah. of just making a boss hard and saying, well, let's we're inspired by souls like that. You know, like the rest of your game has not motivated, motivated me enough to even want to take on that kind of challenge like that. So, yeah, I mean, to me, it was a it was a quick hit. Like I, I, I got done with it. I was you know pretty much over it after like 20, 30 minutes. I mean, hey, yeah. if people like it, they like, you know, more power to anybody that, that thinks it's up their alley. That's it's great. There's obviously a lane for these kind of games now. So, you know, yeah. and, and I think me. when when you hear people talk about it, who praise it, they, they talk about it like more about the curiosity of it. Like, oh, it's just kind of cute. It's interesting. It's 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 made by one guy. Like it, it's never like when they talk about like Horizon Forbidden West or, or Elden Ring where it's like mechanically this is perfect. This is good. This is that. It's yeah. always like, oh, it's cutesy, you know, and it's like <laughs> uh, that's fine, but like when you get down to to, to the nitty-gritty of the game itself like it doesn't combat's not very good um exploration is is good but i mean it's does it's 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 set in with an environment that's not that interesting so it doesn't do a lot of great things i guess it does a lot of good things but you know it is what it is yeah yeah so unfortunately it's uh it's it's not going to go down as one of our favorites of uh of of this year here at the cooldown time podcast but hey it's on game pass if you have it might as well try it see if you like it if, if it if it works for you uh, if it does great but yeah, it's, it's a, a one game race this, this year anyway <laughs> we'll see we'll see we'll no no, no. About, i mean uh, we'll i mean like it. i mean like it, it, there's going to be like i i, I just out of subject, I just think there's, there's going to be the one game that's really there's Elden Ring, there's Ragnarok, there's Breath of the Wild two, and there's Starfield. In my opinion, as the four games that are probably that one of those games, I don't think we're going to struggle to find a game of the year. Mm. I think one of those games are just going to come out and be like punch you, you in didn't, the face. You didn't throw a sports story in that list. You, I don't you, think that shit's coming out ever. Your fade. I don't think that shit's coming over <laughs> ever. <laughs> Listen, right. indie games that take more than six years, Tunic. I don't know. Now I'm scared. That's true. That's true. I think there's there's cause for concern, yeah, uh, but yeah. but we'll see we'll see if your game comes out, man. Um, anyways, uh, that is going to do it for loadouts. Let's go ahead and jump into the new segment of the show, which is called hit points. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for hit points. All right. So Pablo, we got another state of play from Sony. This time, uh, I'd say a much more interesting one for sure. Uh, new Sony State of Play presented an in-depth look at Hogwarts Legacy, which will be arriving on PS5 along with Xbox, even Switch and PC in 2022. I don't know how they're going to pull it off on Switch. I think it's a little... And, like... apparently, and apparently it's not a cloud version, which I, I think that's a It's not a cloud version. That game is going to look like cataracts. <laughs> um, man. Um, but anyways... Got a chance to be- see a lot of what this game is doing, um, and and curious to know kind of what you know your thoughts are on on, on the game, and and obviously the elephant in the room, uh, the, the rowling in the room um, about this game, um, and and just talking about that. Maybe we should kind of go there first to kind of okay. set the tone. But obviously, you know, there's there's a lot of talk, you know, in, in, in games media, the gaming community about. J.K. Rowling and, um, you know, the the controversy surrounding her and you know, just the support of a Harry Potter licensed game like this. Um, so I think, you know, we, you know, I, I don't want to speak on your behalf, so I want to kind of give you the floor to kind of say your piece about how you feel about all that and how it ties into, you know, the game and everything in your opinion. So what do you got? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think um, for those who've been listening uh, or for those who don't know, I you know obviously 
what J.K. Rowling stands for and everything she said uh, about transgender and transgender rights, she, I mean, terrible. She's just a shitty, shitty person with shitty, shitty opinions. And just because she's rich and she has, you know, she's in the public eye that she thinks she can say things and, and double and triple down on, on, on idiocy. And she's a moron. Uh, uh, but here's the thing. Um, I think my question is, where do we draw the line? Because what's the standard here? You know, so many bad people create media that we consume, and it's not equally—it's not equally measured or condemned. Like in some instances, video game uh, pundits condemn the actions and the culture of companies and their leaders, but separate that from the product. And then they'll have entire podcasts, YouTube channels, articles dedicated to the game, uh, and, and talk about the game. But you know. They, they won't really mention that too much about the stuff that's happening and we know it's, it's it's public knowledge we know the stuff that's happening and it's not and it's not just and it's not just limited to uh work culture being toxic it, it goes as deep as uh racism you know uh inequality between genders everything that that JK Rowling has stood for in her in her you know in, in her feelings about trans people there there are whole entire companies who discriminate against them you know and, and that make games and here we are, uh, it, it, as a as as a group of people who who love games and 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 those who do it professionally, cover professionally, are hesitant to talk about this game because of the connection to her. And it's and it's so mind boggling because it's so it's so transparent to me when you look at what exactly it is that they don't want to talk about. They they they're not tackling the the issue head on because it's such a hot, it's such a. Uh, it's such a topic of the moment, as it should be. You know, we should bring to light all the, uh, all, you know, all that stuff. Uh, but it just, it gets lost. Nobody wants to talk about it. It gets lost in the shuffle. I mean, yeah. you know, over J.K. Rowling's uh, bigotry is like overshadowing the product to the point where it, it, it's almost becoming taboo to talk about Hogwarts Legacy in a positive way. Because at that point, what you're doing is, well, you're promoting a game that's going to put money in her pocket. Listen, I, I, I personally, I, I, I don't know, this woman has so much money, I don't know if whatever she makes off of this game is going to enable her to be, still be a bigot, or, I mean, I don't know what exactly that mindset is. Specifically, that she's not behind the, the creation of this game. Specifically, the fact that you can create uh, female, male uh, or, or trans people in the game, they're, they're going out of their way in many ways to kind of almost uh, counter her in her own IP, her own product. Like, they're trying to, so much so that the, the, the kind of stuff that they talk about the game is like the unwritten history of, of Hogwarts Legacy. There's no Harry Potter mention. It's all about, yes, this IP is connected to her, but they are they are doing a pretty good job to where they're they're creating their own thing with, the, with this known universe. I mean, yeah, yeah, we got yeah. we got people out there who, who, who are like huge fans of Disney and, and we all know Walt Disney's uh, history, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, I want to talk what, about what, that too. Yeah. But yeah. Ahead, what's the what's the line here? Because I mean, you know, it's it's just one of those things where it's uneven, and and that's kind of what frustrates me the most is you got people who who want to who love the game and think it looks great, but they don't want to talk about it as a point not to 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 talk about it because of this. You know, there's there's a website out there. Uh, called Fanbyte that covers wrestling as as well as its video games. <laughs> there's there's no more shittier people in wrestling than than <laughs> than you know there's no more shittier people in the world than wrestling people. WWE, Vince McMahon, all that stuff. And and they cover that freely, openly, consistently, constantly. And it's like they can't do that with this one game because of this lady saying this one thing, which I think is horrible. And I and I kinda wanna reiterate that. But I don't think that I don't think that 
this has to do anything with that at that at a certain extent. I think you can talk about the product and you can and you can condemn her all in the same time, and you don't have to pick a side in terms of like I'm playing Hogwarts Legacy because I agree with her. That's not what you're saying. That that that's ridiculous yeah. to, to come yeah. at that way. That's that's where I um, you know that's where I get offended personally because there's a lot of people that are against J.K. Rowling that you know if you that have said you know I've, I've seen it you know in various places if you if you buy this game you are condoning yeah. bigotry or you are also yourself yeah uh, a, a bigot in, in your own right which is fundamentally insane to, to even to even jump to that kind of presumption. Um, but, I, I want to make like, sure I don't step on your toes here. If you got anything else you want to say, no. But it was like, even when games release, like game, like games, and, and specifically like Japanese games, and the way they sexualize women in those games, and then when they re- read a review about that game, and it's like, yeah. yeah, this is an unfortunate byproduct of the Japanese standard. Okay, and then they just go on to talk about the game. There, there are games out there who would have a create a character, and they have two options to create a person of color, and seventy two thousand five hundred thirty six for a white uh, male. You know, yeah. it, it's 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 so many different. Things and, and and they all get slapped in the wrist like oh this racial inequality in this game is uh, too bad but anyway right. ten out of ten you know what I mean it, it's <laughs> there's it's just especially in video games it's all over the place there's no consistency there's no standard and it's and it's weird to me yeah I, I want to definitely touch on that too um, let me kind of rewind back to kind of you know where I'm at with it and we're not too far apart uh, much at all really um, but we'll see I I think. <laughs> For me, let me start here. Me, myself, and Pablo, uh, we're not here to tell anybody how they should feel about J.K. Rowling. If you think that she is transphobic, that's your opinion. If you think that it's a case of, I don't know, willful ignorance, (laughs) that's your opinion. If you think she's not, that's your opinion. We're not here to tell anybody how to feel about her as a person. We just kind of know where we're at with our opinion um, and and you know people can feel how they want to feel there's, there's there's two issues that I have that that stem from that though and you, you've touched on one of them which is kind of keeping the same energy when it comes to other forms of media entertainment in any real in almost any industry um, there are terrible people at the top of a lot of awful but very successful companies out there everything from Disney to other video games to streaming services to uh, artists musicians even clothing brands um, and, and you know car manufacturers sometimes um, so what where I think you know in some ways Pablo's going with what he's saying is that and I agree is there's this picking and choosing of we're gonna come in hard after Hogwarts Legacy but we're, um, you know, Borderlands gets a sequel, you know, uh, not too long ago. But Randy Pitchford's still an awful person, you know. So, so, but the coverage is never in question in the media side for, for examples like that. People don't stop watching Star Wars movies just because Disney bought them and Disney has a checkered history, to say the very least, too, right? So there's a lot of those contradictions and so it's not okay to say you shouldn't play this game because we've decided as a collective this is the one we're going to stand up against much like what happened with cyberpunk i'm not saying that cyberpunk or the team behind it was completely innocent of you know some of the transphobic stuff that was being accused uh there was certainly a lot to prove that there was validity there but that was a pylon kind of game as well and again 
not the only two culprits <laughs> in, right. in, in the gaming realm that have had problems like that. Second problem I have is I also don't like how there are people out there who have a newfound interest in Harry Potter because they feel like they found their, their turf goddess. <laughs> you know, and so now, <laughs> oh, I like I like what she's saying, so you know what? I'm gonna give Harry Potter a try. And all of a sudden oh, now geez, they're caping for a, now they're caping for Hogwarts legacy for a totally ulterior motive besides just the fact that the game looks good or or whatever. Goodness. So I think I can safely speak for both of us when I say two things. Number one is we're not going to shy away from talking about this game on the show. If there's some, if there's a reason to talk about it, whether it's our hype levels or interest levels, I myself am not a Harry Potter guy, um, never was, probably never will be, but we're not going to run away from it just because um, some collective out there has said, no, you can't because J.K. Rowling. We, and we're- two, we, we can still look forward to the IP for you know this game for for being what it is without yeah. signing off or or subscribing to any belief system that JK Rowling has or any other game and artist sort of issue like this in the future. Yeah. And we're definitely not going to going to force a conversation about it either. Like if this game comes out uh, yeah. and it's a complete utter dud, we're not going to talk about it. Yeah, yeah that was the other thing I'm going to say. We're not yeah. we're not just going to bring it up for the sake of bringing it up either. It's going to yeah. get It'll get its just due if it is just due to give, right? Exactly. And, yeah. and that's all there is to it. So we, we kind of wanted to give that preamble before we got into talking about Hogwarts Legacy because it would have been a little jarring to go right into, what do you think about the game? You know, it, it would have been <laughs> weird. So um, hopefully that makes sense. Um, you know, again, like I said, in summary, we're not telling anybody how to feel. You can have your own opinions, but this is kind of where we're at. But at the same time, we are going to welcome this topic and this game into gaming conversations, but when necessary, right? Um, so that being said, yeah, um, Hogwarts Legacy. So I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fall back a little bit here. I just said I'm not a big Harry Potter guy, so I this for me was a lot of oh this looks okay. I'm guessing this is looking good. People are happy. Uh, so I want to kind of turn it over to you since you obviously have more of a you know more experience yeah. with this with this uh, IP. So how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling really, really positive about it. I think one of the things, I think the thing that's really making people really positive about the game is when you look at the elements of like what Harry Potter has brought. Uh, I think when you look at one, the house, the sorting stuff when you get sorted into a house, uh, all the stuff about the magic, different kinds of magic, all that has become RPG elements that. We do an uh, a regular RPG game. Like you build a game, mm. you pick a class, and, and they've yeah. really done a really smart way. I I would almost call it ingenious game design, and to, on how they kind of taken these known entities and made them and put them into the game as an RPG element, and and it's they do a really good job with that kind of stuff. I, I think um, I think there are moments in the game that kind of look pretty amazing uh graphically uh when you look at the stuff from the the houses you know every every time you get sorted into a house each house like has like a little rec room and each of those look really good like they, they look absolutely amazing honestly they look almost like they, they would in the movies or, or how they were described in the books um another thing that i that i really enjoyed uh and i don't know if you got this vibe i know you're not a harry potter fan but you are a bully fan um or at least you yeah. like the game yeah bully i got a lot of those vibes for going to classes and, and, and doing that stuff and that oh yeah and i am not i am not a huge bully fan in fact i think the game is pretty uh pretty uh overrated however the thing that i loved about bully 
is going to those classes, playing those mini games. I thought that was really dope, and they they really show that off here. And I thought mm. that was really cool because I always thought about this. Like, okay, th- this is the game you're going to be attending Hogwarts. What are they just going to ignore the fact that you know half the movies and half the books are you going shuffling in and out of classrooms? Are they just not going to talk about that? And they they tackle it head on, and I think they do a really good job. Mm. Yeah, I, I um, you know, again, I, I have to preface everything I'm saying with I'm not a Harry Potter guy. So there's just some things that just innately don't don't click well with me. Like, you know, when you see like, I don't know what it is, but but something about like objects that kind of like move on their own and they spin around like the pot spins around in a circle and does a little backflip for you. And like, <sighs> you know, like the, the rug that rolls out by itself, like that kind of whimsy to me, I, I don't know what it is. I, it just makes my eyes roll. So there's a <laughs> lot of that, but there's a lot of that obviously baked into Harry Potter that when I look at it, I'm like, God, this is obnoxious for me. But I will say this. I watched the presentation twice. The first time I watched it, I, I, I told Pablo that I, I found the presentation, I found the game to be quite unremarkable for me, not only because of my uninterest in, or disinterest in Harry Potter, but because I just didn't, th- I didn't think there was anything like really special about it. Um, I watched it again, and I, I've come around to it a little bit. I still have some concerns, though. Um, primarily about combat and uh, when it comes to, to how open the game actually is. I'm a little... The way that the way yeah. that was narrated to me made it sound more open than I think it probably will be. Well, I don't um, know, because they, 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 they talked about Hogwarts, and then they said something about and all the other surrounding areas of Hogwarts, and then they talked about how, you know, you could fly on the, your broom, and it's essential to learn how to fly to get around in the world itself. And then the little sh- things that they showed with the world, it looks pretty big, I do wonder um, that openness and kind of that go anywhere with the, the broom stuff. I wonder if it's open areas rather than open world. And I think that's, that's probably what I was what saying. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's probably what it is. As for the, the, the combat stuff, you know, I, I, I was, ta- uh, me and Mark had the conversation as well. And I told him, like, I guess I kind of liken it to more of you're using your hand. So you kind of want to think of it as a melee combat. But I told him, I, I thought of it more of like almost like a shooter where, you know, it, it's, you're, it's a little more stationary because you're shooting something more like yeah. shooting a gun rather than they melee and there are some mechanics and I did watch it twice myself as well and there are some mechanics that kind of lead me to believe that there's there's a, there's a little bit more to this there seems to be a dodge and a parry system as well um, my concern about combat isn't really the uh, isn't really the way it looks or or, or, or or kind of just like the static motion of some of the enemies it's really how that's gonna play in hand like is it like you play you press a square button and, it, and the square button does like couple of animations or is it combo and i think it also in my the way kind of i looked at it it kind of looks combo orientated like you know, yeah a couple a of presses bit. here a couple of mm-hmm. there there's going to be some things that you can combo into stuff and then there's probably going to be something with the triggers that does like an ultimate and they did call it they did say there's ultimates in this game uh they called it something else uh and that kind of stuff does interest me i just i'm interested to see how that translates to a control and how exactly that works in that way uh, that yeah. that is if, it, if mm-hmm. i had a concern about it i guess that would be it where it's like okay i wonder how it actually feels the, the all those motions and animations which look great are, are all those animations it, it, do i feel like i'm doing that you know like when you play a fighting game or you you, you play a, an action melee kind of combat game all those motions that happen mm-hmm. you feel them happen uh, i guess another game where it's less about like 
less about feeling how it happens and it worked really well was Guardians of the Galaxy where there, it, it was button pressy and, and things were happening but that was a more team oriented stuff where it felt almost like RPG elements where you're sending people out to do stuff and then doing stuff yourself but I don't know I, I'm 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 curious to see how that translates specifically. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I think my 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 concern with it, and, and again, I I don't know how combat usually looks in, in Harry Potter. Um, it is very stationary, and I am concerned that you are doing a lot of standing still while in combat, and it feels like it's a it, like the gameplay is almost built around sort of being surrounded and figuring out how to keep them from closing in on you, which to me is a risky move. Um, in terms of AI design, because you, you're going to have to rely more on enemy AI to make those battles more fascinating, especially if you're giving players so many tools to choose from, like parrying and these little uh, extra moves that, that we saw, like kind of pulling them in and pushing it, like, like almost like force moves in, in a sense, right? Yeah. But the problem is if, if you just have enemies that are kind of circling around you mindlessly waiting to kind of be attacked, um, then it's not going to be as fun as it probably looked on this presentation so i think that it's really going to come down to making sure that those enemies feel viable and feel like an actual threat to have to make you stay on your toes and not just kind of flaunt these cool little you know magic wand moves and twirl around and do a spin and and look cool you know what i mean the the weird thing is and and i'll is that the combat in the movies and in the books as described or as shown in the films it's very, it is the weakest part of those movies and books. It, like, like it is very much stationary. Like, there's like a big war at, towards the end of the movies, and everybody's just pretty much one side, the other side, and just kind of mm-hmm. shooting shit at each other. So that the translation over all that twirling and and all that animation that I've never that's not really a thing that they do. So that's definitely added for Got effect, it. obviously. Okay. So yeah, the, the stationary stuff is kind of it's more like a duel, you know, than yeah. you versus them. But but that doesn't train. They have to do something with how that translates over to a video game. Mm. Um, I I would have thought if they were really going to do it, it would be more turn based. That would have made way more yeah, sense. Yeah, you know, I actually I thought that's kind of what they were going to do for a while there, or yeah. some kind of like hybrid type of thing, almost it, like Final it, Fantasy it, remake in a way. Where it's that's a little... what I was thinking, and it might and it might be that. Who it knows? might yeah, be yeah. that, yeah, but they really didn't possible. show. Yeah, that's one thing I was kind of like, the game looks pretty much ready to go, but they didn't show any UI mm-hmm. or anything like that, which I was like, I was, I'm interested to see uh, why they're holding that back, but really yeah. how exactly it works, if, if it's meter-based. There's a lot of questions still left, but I think ultimately um, I'm I'm excited for it because of the design of it and how uh, and how smart and how smartly they actually implemented all these things into that and made this, you know, if I would have thought of it, mm-hmm. uh, of, a, of a Hogwarts open RPG like this, this is kind of like what exactly what I would think they would have done. And, and yeah. I'm really glad that they, that they, uh, you know, that, that they have fans working on this for sure. Um, so let, me, uh, my, let me put you on the spot real quick then. Mm-hmm. Give it a hype score out of five. Ooh. What do you think? Uh, you know, I'll be honest. I'll say four out of five, honestly. Ooh. If it hits. Right. If it hits. Well, if it obviously, hits, if it hits. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, but saying, anticipation I, I, is that high. Okay. It, it, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really anticipating it because of the simple fact that they really seem to know what they're doing with the IP. And that's and that's half the battle. You know, uh, let, let, uh, to go off script here, look, look at the Halo TV show that, that that's coming out. Uh, you know, <laughs> I knew I, you were going to find a way to. <laughs> but listen, but look, look, for me, it's like, all right. Go ahead. You're going to make a Halo show, and I get you don't want to use anything story-wise, 
That's fine. That's yeah. cool. I get it. Make your own thing. But when you say I have not even looked at the game or talked to people that it's like, but then what are you making? Like, you, what's your understanding of the product if you don't even understand the IP? Like, I, like if I'm gonna make a Batman movie, I'm gonna consume Batman IP stuff and then make my own thing based on what I know. But then when you're just like, oh, Batman, man with a cowl and he likes bats, oh, I'm just gonna make a movie. All right, I'll write this. I'll see. <laughs> I got it. So what? What I say that with okay. this, it's like they understand the IP. They know exactly what's happening, and with that and their deep understanding of what the IP, they're willing. They're uh, able to make a game that makes sense. You know that mm-hmm. that actually makes sense within the world. It's like, oh, this definitely belongs within the Potterverse or however you want to call it. And, and that's and that's what's exciting me. It's it, I'm excited about the game where. They seem to be passionate uh, about the product. My only concern is I really hope that it stays the unwritten history of Hogwarts and it doesn't really try to be a complementary side piece to the the movies or, or the book. Well, I, it's I, set far enough in the past. And I guess yeah. to, to that point, I would say if it is um, if it is friendly to people that don't know a lot about Harry Potter in that way, where it's, I think it could be. If it if it can be that, then I would probably give it a three. If it's not that you know welcoming to newcomers, I'd probably give it like a two because just there's just no way I can make myself interested me, in that. So, so let, let me ask you a question: Why does the Halo TV show suck? No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, <laughs> let, let me ask you: uh, uh, if, if this was the same exact kind of uh, uh, presentation, but it was a new IP. Uh, and it was just kind of some kind of magical school, and they kind of broke it down as a new IP. Would this interest you a little more? And, yeah. and, and I don't think, and I don't think that that's a bad thing if you say yes, because if this is so attached to an IP that you don't really care about, why would you, you know, even give it a chance? But if it was a whole brand new IP about not about Harry Potter, about does the, the elements in which they show does it look interesting enough? One hundred and twenty-seven percent, because there's no risk of fan service, like kind of smearing throughout the game in a way that's like you yeah. know it's made for those people. I can we're all kind of at the same level of, you know, if it was an original IP, then we we'd all be at at, at you know zero, and that would make me feel a lot more comfortable with kind of getting to know the world instead of this like winks, nods, and nudges of you remember this place from the movies, right? right? Like you know I. I you know, I would feel like I'm missing like things that would make somebody's jaw drop. You know, and so, I think yeah. yeah, and I think that's like the litmus test here for for products like this, where or licensed products, where if it weren't if it wasn't for the fact that it was a licensed product, will it still be interesting? And if it, the answer is yes, then I think you, you're onto something. That's how I felt about this. I'm like, yeah. I think that people who were not fans of Harry Potter, and I think if this was like a whole new thing. This is still a pretty good presentation of the video for sure. Game, so yeah, it came out good. Uh, we got to move on though, so let's go ahead and jump into the second. Uh, hit point news item of the show and this one is actually a follow-up from last week uh, when we talked about the initiative and the perfect dark reboot pablo the news is as bad as we thought maybe a little worse um but news has surfaced uh since last week that the initiative has endured what has been described as a fast and furious wave of senior departures over the past 12 months this includes the game's senior design team lead level designer, principal world builder, system designer, senior writers, technical director, tech art director, lead gameplay engineer, lead animator, QA lead, and more. Um, It is now believed that Crystal Dynamics are essentially going it alone uh, uh, without any real help from the initiative and and just sort of being led by uh, the initiative's 
um, top dog, Daryl Gallagher, um, who used to be, ironically, with Crystal Dynamics. So um, we thought it was looking bad, but not this bad, man. So kind of what's your reaction now that more news about these departures have surfaced? Yeah, all those guys left because they got nothing to do. They, there's no game here. They, I mean, <laughs> there, there, there's no game here. They're just sitting on their asses, probably coming into work. Like, yeah, can I lead design something? Like, I don't, I don't even understand. I think, I think one of the things I also read was that there was also a struggle between them being a smaller studio or a bigger studio, and they didn't know exactly how they were they were going to go about that. Which I think goes back to having that that the conversation we had last last uh, week about oversight. That shouldn't be a decision they make. They, the initiative shouldn't be a quadruple A studio and then they get to make whether or not they're big or small. They're big. They're quadruple A. Like, enough. Like, you know, I, I, I don't understand this, 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 this kind of autonomy that they had in terms of they can actually pick what size the studio was. Like, that stuff is kind of weird. I, so, and ultimately, though, I, I feel the same way. I think that they way, 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 way too early. They kind of wanted to show off their brand new toy with the, calling it a quadruple A somewhere marketing that sounded amazing some and they wanted to get that out there I think they hired a whole bunch of talented people and they had nothing for them to do and they still had nothing for them to do Crystal Dynamics coming in to kind of uh, save the day quote unquote I think right now they're probably just keeping shit churning and, and until they can figure s- stuff out Crystal Dynamics is not a bad developer by any stretch of the imagination so that's not necessarily a bad thing either but I, you know I think you have to kind of think about What's happening? Is it the IP? Is it perfect? If it's perfect dark, get rid of the IP. You don't have to do that. You don't have to make a perfect dark reboot. Nobody's clamoring this for is, that. Yeah, I don't care. A, this is a total yeah. unforced situation. Yeah. And if and if and if the studio dynamic isn't working, if the initiative isn't the quadruple A quadruple A studio that Phil wanted, get rid of it, scrap it, yeah. move on. I mean, there's really not much here because for me, it, it it's really really bad in the way that we're not going to get a game from them for in a, for a very very long time and they and they and they and they revealed the game as if it was sure some time away but we're not getting a game for them for the next 5 6 years maybe you know and 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 I just don't understand what everything's happening what 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 exactly is happening and again if it's the IP throw it away do something else i, I mm-hmm. it's so much pro- issues with the in-house studios that are our uh, microsoft studios with, with with little things like this where it just doesn't seem like oh you know the initiative is having issues because work life balance is off or toxicity or you know racial issues no it's all about like i, mean, I don't know what the game is it's, I don't, it's like yeah it's probably about like disagreements over the direction of the game or something like that like i heard that there was like talk of like Someone said at one point, like, there was plans for this to be an episodic game at some stage, yeah, is- and, and Gallagher was against that, but I, I don't know if that's what contributed to, like, the departures, but But, man. you know, I, I wonder if, if that that sounds to me more like a, hey, let's get something out there as soon as possible, mm-hmm. and episodic makes some sense in, in quote-unquote for that to, to for get game some, pass like, as well probably in that yeah ecosystem uh, no man I, yeah I, if, if it's something like that then i understand i guess why there was an exodus but it's not and, what i want and and that's kind of a problem if you're trying to feed game pass and mm-hmm. you're, you're you're sacrificing vision for you know having something on game pass that's when stuff that's when stuff gets a little rocky and and that's your quadruple a studio as you've called it i'm only saying it because that's you told me a whole bunch of times if that's if really your first outing is a a a episodic release i mean you're gonna get hell for that so yeah i it's 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 weird man yeah i mean i i i hate to kind of double down on what i said last last week but and, and this might sound a little extreme, but 
I think Microsoft ought to be ashamed. This is kind of embarrassing. I uh, think so. It's actually more than a kind of. I mean, it, 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 is, it is kind of an embarrassment right now because you are, again, you have this limitless wallet that you can spend on anything and anyone. You have, you have the war chest that would make anyone jealous, right? And you can't get your original, like, semi-OG, because this is kind of a newer, newer team, but your OG studios in order. You have 343, absolute, like, losing 95% of the user base this is the last thing I heard, uh, I think, earlier today as of, as of this recording. You've got that problem. You've got Rare fumbling Everwild. You've got Fable getting announced and then going dark. You, the same thing that I, I said last episode are still kind of part of this problem. And now you assemble a studio from scratch. You hire the best of the best to kind of build the core of this team. And you guys can't even agree on a direction of a reboot that, honestly, no one forced y'all to do. It was your own idea. And you still can't figure out how to even get this game off the ground. This is a bad time for them in the headlines right now. Like something's got to give. Like you can buy, you can't buy your way out of this problem, you know. And and like I said last week, you're also shackling yourself to autonomy now because there's no way Matt Booty or Phil Spencer can keep up with all these studios that are that they own now, and keep them kind of on a tight, uh, you know, a tight leash. Um, yeah. To make sure they're not having problems like this, so you're kind of stuck with this problem because of how many studios you've bought. Like it, it, it's just embarrassing. And if they they cannot continue to jeopardize either legacy IP like Halo, or well, I guess it still constitutes as legacy IP. But with Perfect Dark, like you're bringing reboots out of the grave just to mess them up again, like you did with Perfect Dark Zero. Like what are we doing here? And the thing is, it's it's it is embarrassing because of the fact that they didn't inherit this studio. They didn't inherit a a, a studio that cannot make up their minds about creative things. They didn't inherit a studio that Home has run. any kind of other issues. They created this, and not only did they create the studio, they they're talking about it like this is like the, the 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 standard for 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 them. Like this was gonna be the thing. Like again, and I've said it five hundred times on this episode alone. They called it the quadruple A studio. Four A's. Four A's, and now you can't even get the, uh, a game out, or even an idea or concept of the game out. Like you, they have to be ashamed, embarrassed, and concerned all in one. Because ultimately, if you can't get your own studio that you created under control, what's going to happen with all the other studios that you have and you've bought that exactly. already come with built in with problems and creative differences? I'm sure because that's how creative types are, and you know you, you can't control your own. So you're gonna now you're gonna branch out to all these other studios. Like I I I there's it's weird to say, but there's a leadership problem in my uh, Xbox, and it's not Phil Spencer because he's fantastic, but the. They gotta get a little. Uh, they gotta get something. Something. They gotta get more people other than Phil Spencer because he can't mm -hmm. do it alone. You know. So I, 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 I don't know what's happening over there, but it is. Yeah. It is a cause for concern, really, because I, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna feel better about this until I see Starfield or Redfall or any of the studios yeah, that they've yeah. that they talked about, and 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 they're actually good. You know. So. And and, and aside from that. This experiment with having this small little core team and then outsourcing to another team, let's never do that again. How about how about never again? This is yeah. a dumb. It was a, it was a dumb decision fundamentally. If you're gonna make a new studio, hire talent for that studio. 
don't put them in a position where they have no choice but to go and enlist Crystal Dynamics from Square Enix, who probably want that team back to be able to utilize at yeah. some point in the future. And now you're making their workload even 10 times harder because they don't have anybody to collaborate with on the initiative side anymore because those people are gone. So now yeah, you're well, lengthening that development process potentially, and now you're putting Square in a position where like, yo, we, we let y'all borrow these guys for money, but we need them back at some point, guys. What are you doing? Yeah. And and then, and the thing is, if that was the purpose of the sh- uh, of the studio, the studio's like, hey, it's a small core studio, and we're gonna have people coming in and out of here and making games, a whole bunch of different kind of games, and that's why it's quadruple A because it's us plus other studios coming in from different companies to make games for Xboxes. Okay, guess what? That's a cool idea. That did not work. Move mm-hmm. on from that. If I'm not mistaken, I I think the initiative was working on a game. That they pretty much had canceled to then work on the uh, on on uh, on perfect. I, I think that might have been the case. Regardless, it, it it's cause for concern. And Phil, you gotta fix it. <laughs> <laughs> fix it, Phil. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and move on to the third and final hit points. On 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 on, on a brighter note uh, for Xbox uh, first party, uh, a new video blog about oh, Starfield. Yeah. Not uh, me. I got some things to say. Oh, okay. All right. Well, on a allegedly brighter note, uh, Starfield blog has been revealed uh, with Todd Howard and key members of the team talking about the highly anticipated game. Uh, in it, they confirmed several new elements of the game, including more old school character creation to define stats and backgrounds more extensively. Uh, we heard about having a greater player and NPC realism, uh, numerous game-changing player choices, including joinable factions, uh, also robotic companions, and even a persuasion system uh, to interact with NPCs that is sort of inspired by what they did in Oblivion. So, uh, all right, I mean, tell me what you're thinking then. What's going on? I don't care. What you mean? Show me the game. (laughs) Show me the game. Your words, your concept art, your meme list, your blog post. I don't care about any of that shit. You can say all these things that you're striving for, you're aiming for, all these things that the game is going to have, not have, must have, didn't didn't have time to put. I don't, show me the game. This is your new IP in our first 25 years, and it is the new standard to your studio. It's the Xbox crown jewel, and it is eight months away, and I have not seen one frame of that thing move. Like... Look, I get, I get, uh, well, I'll I get. Push keeping... back and say they 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 typically do this a a, a lot with Fallout Four but in not, particular. Like, right? If it's like a Fallout sequel, something that we know about, something familiar, something similar. But this is a, supposed to be their brand new IP that is 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 not only that. It's also uh, introducing their brand new engine, which is the. 2.0 of their uh, I forgot what their engine is called Create, creation uh, creation engine I think it, it's a 2.0 version of that like there's a lot of new stuff coming onto this game there's a lot of stuff and and, and they've made a big deal about hey this is the our newest IP I think in 30 years if I'm not mistaken outside of Oblivion and or you know uh, Elder Scrolls and Fallout and and they're really you know they've talked that up but I not not one single thing and it's eight months away. Uh, it, it's it's pretty it's soon it's coming soon, and I would like to see a little bit more than just a blog post. I mean, uh, what's gonna? Why not just have like a little bit of a hey? Here's a video explaining all these things, and then 
not even concept art. Like, here's a lot of more concept art. Here's a, a, a the intro or or a portion of the gameplay while you're talking about the creation. Show the show it, you know, or or some, something like that. Something to give me a little more context. Something to make me feel a little bit better because it's getting to a point for me where they're just not showing anything at all, and it's a little concerning. Look, all the things that they sell on that blog, all that stuff is very exciting. I'm looking <laughs> forward to that. I'm glad it's in the game, but I don't I don't know what this game is. I'm glad all that stuff is in a game that I have I've never. I've never seen. And while we're at it, who the fuck is Redfall? Same st- like like it's coming right. out in it's coming out in summer. In summer. Right. And they don't know and we have no idea. Like I don't know. They Pablo's this turning is coming out of November. Right now. I, I don't know what's huh? going on. No. It's uh, just it's just really weird to me. I, it's a it's a weird approach and then going going back to the stuff about the initiative, it's like Xbox needs to win and they have a potentially this win there and it's it they're 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 slow cooking this to the point where I'm kind of concerned for the November release date. I'm not too concerned about it at all. I think this is a this is a weird hybrid rollout. This is the first Xbox Bethesda collaboration of a of a rollout and I think it is I will say it's weird um because it's kind of smashing both type of styles together in this way that's just not clicking. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know what they're saying. Because this is Bethesda in a sense, where you know Todd Howard gets up, puts on one of his 47 brown leather jackets, gets out there, <laughs> sits on a nice sofa, and, and that man can sell you... Uh, uh, he could sell you anything. He could sell you mulch right now. And you'd be like, yo! this mul- you, can, you see that mulch? I live on the fourth floor! <laughs> you see that mulch? You can go there. You know what I mean, and, and he and you you'd love it, and and that's the charm of Bethesda, and it's also the annoyance of Bethesda because they they think that's enough, and for a lot of people it is enough, and it's been kind of exciting to get these nuggets of information. I am excited to you know with what I'm hearing, but I also know that it's Todd Howard, and Todd Howard told me Fallout seventy six was about to be everything. You know, and what did that turn into, right? So I'm a little, I'm a little worried about my boy. Um, maybe the leather's on too tight. I don't know. But <laughs> the the details of the game, I think, you know, to laser in on that, I am pretty excited to hear about a lot of that, especially when it comes to sort of what they talked about in terms of kind of lifting the the restrictions off of what you can do and just kind of letting you, you know, almost like break the game if you if you want to, in, in that old school way you used to be able to do. Uh, and that's really exciting to me, and it's exciting to me that they're actually kind of going back away from like the Fallout 4 formula of sort like even the Skyrim formula in a sense where you kind of level up by doing things enough uh, times, and maybe there'll be something like that in the final game. But it's it seems like it's much more statistics driven in a way that I'm kind of excited about as a, a nerd. Um, so I am looking forward to it. I I think to your oh, of course. concerns, of course. I will say I, I feel like from E3 on, we're probably n- not going to stop hearing about this game. And then we're going to be sick of it. I think it's going to be a very compact but just dense rollout towards the second half of the year and on. Until we get to the point where a lot of people I almost feel are going to black out on the game and just say, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see any more of this. I think we're going to get overloaded eventually. Um, and that's and that's fine because that's the nature of these things. But I, I just think it's weird that I know these little uh, small details about the game. I know its release date. I know all these things, and I still don't know what mm-hmm. this game looks like, plays like, 
you know, or any of those things. And and a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago, even a couple of weeks ago, not much of a concern. But everything happened with the initiative. Yeah, and, and things happening. This would have been nice to see something. Yeah, it just uh, any like like. Like ten seconds of somebody well, creating a character. Technically, they showed like eight seconds of the companion robot. So you got you. Todd oh, did it for you. What do you? Yeah, man. Yeah, he shut me up. No, yeah, but I love the jacket on. <laughs> I just, I just kind of want to see that stuff because it, it is, mm. it is. And then I joke about Renfall, but I mean, same, you know, same branch does their own studios and draw those uh, or Zenimax, all that. And and that that's a game that still says summer, and we're not nothing. Nothing. That game's not coming out this year, but it's concerning. Yeah. They'll just have Crystal Dynamics come and help them out. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm so looking forward to it. This this did nothing but add to my anticipation to actually see the the, the yeah. real thing. So I'm excited. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll keep you all posted when we find out more about Starfield. Hopefully sooner than later, so that Pablo doesn't uh, lose his mind. But uh, in the meantime, we are going to get into the main event of the show, and that is the checkpoint chat. It's time for the Checkpoint Chat. All right, and for the Checkpoint Chat, um, so here's something you guys might not know. Um, Gamers are a little weird, and they get things wrong, Uh, and especially uh, modern gamers. uh, Old heads like me and Pablo can kind of kind of see a lot of uh, see a lot of the flaws and so what we decided to do is to kind of call them out and, and talk about some of the things that we think uh, modern gamers or just gamers in general get wrong and that could be misconceptions that they have um, unrealistic expectations just kind of confusing things um, or just how they support consoles and uh, you know video games in general so we picked five things we're gonna talk through and uh, just kind of explain why we think gamers are kind of messing it up in those particular areas so um why don't we go ahead and get things started with uh with thing number one and this one is one that's uh definitely um something that has become more prevalent now uh with the state of games and how they come out but flawed does not mean broken right now the gaming community uses the word broken for everything for things they don't like for just basic flaws with the game, if it doesn't work or look or feel the way they think it should look, work or feel, it's broken. And so it's, to me, what I think it's doing, and I'll tag you in here, Pablo, for this, but I think in a lot of ways it's being overused and misused, and I think it is diluting actual discourse about when things really are broken. Um, it, it's it's crying wolf essentially to me, and yeah. it's I think it's making it hard for a lot of developers to actually pinpoint problems that are breaking the game, and improve those experiences because everybody is telling everybody everything is broken. Um, what are your yeah. thoughts on this, and, and and how has this been something you've noticed in in your internet <laughs> adventures out there? Yeah, I think it's 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 always been a, a part of games uh, in within the last you know decade or so. I mean, one of the examples that you can always look at is Mass Effect Three when people didn't like that ending and they said that the game was broken. Like you know, it didn't end well. It's it, because of the of the flaw. The story of broke. <laughs> This game is broken. Like, there's no way that they implemented all these uh, yeah. uh, things into like they, they didn't have time. The lazy it's it's stuff like that. And, and for me, and I always feel that it's funny because when you look at certain people who want this game to be something that it's not, 
And so then that, that word is used. It's broken. Yeah. Like, you know, Cyberpunk had a lot of issues, had a lot of game-breaking bugs for sure. But because it wasn't yeah. the kind of RPG that they thought it was, in that case, it's broken. And the new update comes out. They didn't fix the game by changing literally the core of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that's that's not what, you know, that's not what hotfixes do. They don't change what the game is. And so, yeah, I, I it's, it's a really, like, weird, overused word that makes it, so meaningless that when I'm reading a review or somebody's opinion about it and they say that we're broken, I don't even really... It doesn't register to me yeah. as... Like, if you would have told me 10 years ago, told you play a game, the game is broken, that's... It's not going to run alarming. on my console. That's con- yeah, yeah, that's concerning. There's something that's going to stop me from progressing. There's something... There's an issue that's going to erase my, my, my file. Exactly. There's something that Crash breaks my, my experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but... Now it's like, oh, um, the frame rate drops. Broken game's broken. performance. What? Oh, uh, this to to use a more uh, you know in in the moment uh, example. This build for Elden Ring is OP. This game is broken. Like, who oh are yeah, you talking? that move's broken. Like, that move was like, don't. I, it's so crazy. What do you it's, mean? Everything is is and, and it really the concern here is the fact that. That word, like you said, crying wolf, it loses its power. And that's dangerous because when a game is broken, mm-hmm. then it just means that a move is broken. What are they talking about? Like it's it's yeah yeah. It's it just recontextual. It's just an umbrella, like a blanket term for everything that people don't like about a game now. And it's yeah. it's it's kind of it, it's really obnoxious. It is uh, it is like the Breath of the Wild comparisons of of how to describe a video game flaw to me. It's like, can you yeah. stop saying that? Um, you're broken. Think, yeah, so just you, you gamers are broken. Um, <laughs> thing number two that we think gamers get wrong, Pablo. This one is a big one. Developers are not machines, you guys. Um, you know, and this is an interesting one to kind of talk about right after the first one because to Pablo's point earlier, games come out with problems more now more than ever. Cyberpunk's a prime example of that. Battlefield. Uh, 20 whatever year that was they, they so called it a, uh, um, 20 that's how many bugs that were in the game right um <laughs> so people have to understand that whether games come out perfectly with a little flaw or come out a mess uh these developers are people they have lives they have quality of lives they have to protect believe it or not when they jump on twitter and talk about their favorite sports team they don't really care to look in the replies and go, yeah, that's all cool and all, but when are you going to patch the the frame rate, bruh? Like, these people are people, and they, yeah. they, they, they go to sleep, they eat, they have friends and social lives. So it's unrealistic now in, in this era that when there are problems with the game, and this makes me think about Halo Infinite's multiplayer progression system as a, as a recent example. The expectation is that fix this immediately. Come up with a solution now. How about this week? How about till tomorrow? Oh, you guys are off uh, through the holidays? What are we going to do till then? Uh, I don't know. Be people like they're trying to be. Like So I just think it's becoming ridiculous and, and the yeah. expectations are crazy right now. How do you feel about this? Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I, I think really when you look at uh, the way that uh, game development works, it's 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 hard work. I mean, so much so that you know people are burnt out on it. People with toxic work environments being you know 
constant in this in this industry it's because of how hard it is to make a game and it's funny because you you have people who are very sensitive to those things and they go well you know you got to give these players or these developers their time because you know we don't want them to to be uh, abused and then on the other side of their mouth they're like fix this now <laughs> yeah, this game broken. is broken how yeah. can they work lazy i can't believe they released the game in this state like if they didn't oh, have man, like lazy. and what what i hate about that uh, as well is like these people know the industry they know publishers they know that they have deadlines they know they have quarters to hit fiduciary responsibilities to investors all this stuff that they know about that they then go ahead and ignore for the sake of the headline game is <laughs> back to the number one game is broken yeah like it's it, it's it's super it's super crazy to me because it, it just developers lose lose you know yeah. they have to make while they're creating they have to make concessions to ideas they might have had that, that don't make the game they the, the final product might not be 100 percent the vision they had they, they 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 have to tool away create something break something you know break something create something like there's there's so much things that you have to do and then they finally release the game years of years of hard work and then the first thing the media you, the first thing media says fix this now like yeah. you know get back in there and and, and start all over it, it's crazy and and it's it's we have we're, we're at a point right now where we understand a little bit more we have more sympathy for developers but we're still not there yet because we're still treating them like if they were yeah, AI machines and they're they're work they're work 24 7 and that's if they're in a working environment that's treating them well I mean how that's many right. headlines have yeah. we heard we just heard another one about uh, Moon the, Studios the Moon Studios or in the Blind Forest developers Treating their team like crap, man. You know Sexual how harassment, you be? bullying. Come on, dude. And you know how shitty of a team you have to be that all this took place remotely? <laughs> Remote harassment, like, guys. That's crazy, man. Like it's how like you're you working through a Zoom and you still feel bullied, like racial uh, issues yeah. and 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 harassment, sexual harassment, all that. And then you got some clown on Twitter going, "When are you gonna fix this broken game?" Dude, I am I am about to cry at my desk right now because of what this guy is saying to me about you know what he wants to do to me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And you're worried about a patch, like so it. That's kind of the human element that's getting lost in 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 all of this right now, and it's it's a shame because, you know, I think a lot of people. I thankfully I think this is one of the things about the video game media that is more under control. I think this is more of a fan thing, people who are entitled yeah. and the younger crowd that just kind of wants the instant gratification of a fix. Um, and it, it doesn't work that way. I'm so sorry. So sorry. Yeah. Um, moving on to number three. This one's an interesting one. Um, and, and I think this is one that kind of goes under the radar. But as we you know, talk about these new consoles and, and, and these, you know, the amazing new graphical capabilities of this hardware and stuff, this is an important one I think is worth attempting to calibrate the gaming community about so pablo actually why don't you go ahead and kick this one off and tell us about yeah. it i think the core of this is uh basically the difference between people confusing the difference between graphic design and art style or aesthetic i think that the main core of this is art versus design uh, you know, there, there's a lot of art that goes into all, all, I think all video games are art to a, to a certain extent, but they all have this design to them. And I think that people really tend to gravitate towards quote unquote, what they consider good graphics, whereas graphics that look realistic, Realism, right? And, yeah. and, 
or and then they they, they at times seem to frown upon more uh, um, aesthetic uh, approaches to games, like you know using their budget to their best of their ability, like a a Celeste or something of that sort. And so when you look at a, at a game like Celeste and its incredible art form and the way that they completely artistically created that game to fit its narrative, and when you look at Call of Duty right right next to each other, when you look them side to side, what's the better game? Depending on who you ask, they're gonna go with Call of Duty based on the fact that because mm. it looks better graphically, it looks better, and, and that's kind of like uh, it's a missed opportunity in so many ways. Because when you look at an incredibly well done game artistically, that game is gonna stand the test of time. Like there's gonna that game is gonna look better than Call of Duty in ten years, twenty years, yeah. thirty years. You know, yeah, and, and 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 that's the thing that I'm saying is like, well, this game looks better. It's like, but does it really? Because when you look at it at the end of the day. You're looking at you're, you're talking about edges at a certain point. You're talking about smoothness of certain mm-hmm. character models. You're not really talking about uh, what looks better. You know, I, I don't look at, at a Picasso and then I look at a picture of Marco and I go, Marco looks better because he looks realistic. Wait a second, <laughs> so, it, it is the Picasso. You know, I am Marcasso actually. <laughs> I don't know where I got that from. No, I, I would say it. I don't want to let you keep going here, but I, no, I yeah. want people to kind of think about like a game like Wind Waker, for instance. Yeah. Cell shaded was one, like one of the first of its kind to utilize that art style. Boy, did people hate that! Hate I want a it. realistic looking Zelda with the GameCube hardware. Guess what, guys? All these years later, best looking that one Zelda game. probably. I mean, it got a remaster, but it needed the least amount of work because the artistic side of it was way more timeless than trying to strive for realism based on what the GameCube hardware could handle back then. Yeah. Right. So if you think about a game like Skyward Sword now, and you go back and look at that, how it looked on the Wii, and you go back and look at how it looked, you know, remastered, it's like, yeah, I guess it's fine. But you can tell it doesn't quite hold up the same because they went for, a, you know, uh, realism in Zelda sense. You know what I mean? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. A more polyg- polygonal 3D yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, approach. Right. And, right. and that's the thing that I hate about it. It's the conversation of looks better i hate that because it's that that doesn't mean anything really yeah. i mean you know and I, I i think when i think a game like breath of the wild gets a lot of credit for a lot of things but one of the things that that game managed to do is take that artistic style uh, of kind of what wind waker was trying to do and then also the 3d polygonal effect mm-hmm. and kind of marry that into this really amazing looking game that is still going to look really really good in, a, in, in 10 15 years and, and, and that is like the ultimate kind of art versus design coming into one and 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 looking really 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 incredible and so i, I one of the things that I've, I've i've always hated about when hearing people talk is like oh graphics when you have the conversation about graphics as a determining factor of what makes a game good or not yeah. and you know that's that's never the case i mean the, there's no way a developer that made um uh, that made any kind of small indie game like uh, the the uh, what's the Artful Escape that just came out a couple of, a couple of couple of months ago with the you know musical game it looks a- a- astounding. Mm-hmm. They cannot compete budget for budget with yeah. with uh, with a Call of Duty. So they ha- yeah so they have to actually be more creative because they have to now take what they have available to them and create a game and still make it look as incredible as it looked. And it is and it is a one hell of a great looking game uh and so yeah that that's one of the things when you look at that i'm more impressed with the artful uh escape than i am with with the newest call of duty 
Same. Always. Yeah, right. Artistically, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I was going to say the same thing about the indie thing because we actually had one idea we were going to uh, left on the cutting room floor about indie games and, and the budget yeah. factor. And I think this is kind of a perfect integration with that too, uh, to your point about like some studios and publishers don't have the money for these AAA Horizon Forbidden West looking graphics. So yeah, I mean, you can want that same level of quality across the board, but that's never going to be a realistic thing um, because every studio and publisher has a different um, amount of money to play with to make that kind of thing happen and manpower to make that kind of thing happen as well. So, you know, I think people just kind of hang their hats too much on the the eye candy now um, more than, you know, art direction and the more industry-related reasons why, you know, expecting lifelike graphics out of every game just is not going to be doable. Um, no, yeah, exactly. and I don't want that. I don't want that. Even if exactly. everybody could afford to make games that look like Horizon, I would hate that because it would take away a lot of artistic diversity in video games, you know, in general, yeah. and that that would suck. I mean, I'm bored of pixel art games now because we've seen it's like been the chic thing on the indie side, but it's also nice to see that there's a lane for that in 2022. But- but there's also, like, there, there's somebody out there that's going to make the next pixel art game that's going to do something different enough with the art uh, behind it that's going to blow you away. Exactly. I don't know if, if, if the next Call of Duty you know, or a next big graphic AAA studio is going to come out and do something that's going to blow you away aesthetically, you know? Right. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. All right. Let's get into reason number four, or thing number four, uh, that gamers get wrong. All right. Gotta go there. But guys, your console warring, that thing you do on the internet, it's futile. Yeah. It's totally futile. I'm sorry. Um, I almost liken this to politics. It's like Democrats and Republicans on Twitter having this endless cyclical debate that always ends right where it started, right? Yep. You're never going to convince it. You're never going to make a Democrat go, oh, my God all these years and you were right all along i'm changing (laughs) right now i'm apologizing on twitter and i'm I'm out with the blue in with the red you know you're not gonna get that so the fanboys of one console fangirls will always be who they are you know and and i think it's just sort of ridiculous to have these really reductive ignorant arguments about well all your game has is a race car game and an old military guy shooter game and it's halo and forza you know like some of the best selling you know what i mean yeah yeah it's these dumb lot you know so it's just it's just these 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 dumb straw man argument fights that happen and it's never going to end people you're not going to convince anybody to like things the way you like them and even when you look at war you know, what you're trying to do is you're trying to invade or, or take over. And nobody's really trying to do that. Everybody's trying to be like, hey, I, look at why we're better. It's like everybody's throwing grenades into, they all have these different sections, Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo. But they're all throwing grenades into the middle of, of, of a pile <laughs> that nobody's at. They're not trying to really do damage. They're just trying to be like, my, my grenade blew up bigger than yours. Like, yeah. it, it, it's, 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 it's futile. It makes no sense. Nobody's really trying to convince anybody. Everybody's just trying to convince themselves that their plastic box is the confirmation bias yeah and and that's all they're trying to do and it's not going to do anything because you're never going to you're not going to have a person who is a lifelong playstation fan and a person who's a lifelong xbox fan and then they're going to be like 
they're gonna have they something on Twitter where they fucking be like, oh my god, I'm selling my Xbox tomorrow. It's just not gonna work. Also, to be quite honest, and not to sound elitist in any way, shape, or form, a lot of these conversations on Twitter that happen, it's because of the fact that they could only afford the one console, and so because they have the one console. It's it's it, this is this is it's it. got to be the goat, yeah. It's got to be the good one. So I, I stake my I stake my uh, my kind of I plant my flag on this console. So I, this is it, and I'm everything that comes on in an other console, regardless of how I feel about it, it's trash. Yeah, and it's not going to convince anybody because that's just the way that these things are going to be. And it's and it's it's a thing that I think it it warrants to be on the list because it is the it is the one thing on Twitter social media that dominates. Headlines and and if and even if you're a huge uh, publication like IGN, they might not outright say console wars, but there's yeah. headlines that definitely entice them. They have a show right now called uh, uh, Console Watch where they're constantly talking uh, talking up Xbox, talking down PlayStation. Next day, talking up PlayStation, talking talking not Xbox. Like it, it they are consistently playing the game of clicks, and they're using these idiots to basically bolster their clicks because you either click in it because you agree xbox is better than PlayStation. yeah hell yeah you click or you can't click oh, it no they're right wrong now. and i'm gonna comment on it and say some shit you're on so it's, right it's a win-win for them yeah you know it, it, you're right there's a there's so many content creators right now that are pandering to that crowd in yeah. ways that are really obnoxious um and of course the rise of social media and the magnification of trolls um, has been more prevalent in this era now than ever before. There's always been fanboys and console wars, but now... Yeah, that's always existed. But now it's like yeah. everywhere somebody's trolling. Even if they themselves don't even feel the way they're feeling, like they don't even believe what they're saying. They just want to be annoying and combative for the sake of the, the fun of it all, right? Yeah, so there it's was, annoying. And, and, and you got people who are like industry leaders and you got people who are, are industry analysts saying stuff to, to kind of uh, to, to elicit some kind of response from everybody right like I think there was a guy out there I forgot his name who said that PlayStation wasn't Sony as a video game company wasn't gonna exist in 10 years like stuff like that and mm-hmm. oh man people were so upset this guy is just talking out of that he's literally trying to elicit some kind of of conversation so you could click on his article where he talks about sales and numbers and never mentions anything about sony dying in 10 years so yeah yeah or, or the other thing is is um when people try to take these little things that one console might do a little better than the other and call it a huge win like blowing it out of proportion like yeah. you see it a lot with like like you know digital foundry does like the analysis of like the which version how how versions perform compared against each other right and god forbid one console console runs like a little bit better than the other the shadows if you magnify in by 25 percent you could see this one's smoother than the other one and people will be like another one for sony you know the loading times are like 0.3 seconds faster Yeah. yeah 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 Yo, Xbox guy. Yo, what about all that stuff you were talking about the SSD now? Like, oh, you know, it just escalates into this dumb like rabbit hole of, of of confusion. Like, I I don't understand it. It's it's so funny. It's it's funny, but it's annoying because it it can interfere with really good dialogue, you know, about yeah. gaming. Um, but man, is it is it getting out of control or what? Um, so hopefully this will be a thing of the past. But it's not helping you guys. I don't care what console you like most. I got my favorites. Pablo has his, but it, none of that stuff you're doing on the internet's helping. Uh, not at all. At all. 
so the fifth and final thing that we think gamers are getting horribly wrong is one that is um, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna sting a little bit. Gamers, uh, you still don't vote with your wallet. You don't. You 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 want to, but you don't. Um, this has been something that I think a lot of people have tried to advocate for um, in in the community, but very few people actually do, um, because I think a lot of people still vote with their hearts, vote with passion, even vote with fanboyism uh, before they vote with their wallets, and it is sending so many wrong messages and mixed signals to publishers and console makers to continue doing some of the scummy things that they do. Um, you know, when you think about things like microtransactions and even, you know, for a time it was looking like NFTs were going to start to become a real problem and maybe they still will be, who knows. But it didn't seem, sometimes it doesn't seem like gaming as an industry has anything to worry about and that they can kind of do what they want to do because at the end of the day gamers are still going to buy your game if they still want your game and they'll forgive you for everything yeah so, yeah how do you feel about this yeah i i i feel the same way i i i think it's funny because there's a lot of things that 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 happen in in video games where people have a lot to say you know, they always have a lot of opinions as, as, as shown by pretty much all these other examples where really based on people's terrible opinions. Uh, but when it comes to the thing that they can actually change and the thing that they can actually to do rather than just kind of talk, they just don't do it. Um, they, they won't do yeah. it. I, I, you know, and, and ultimately it feel, you feel kind of like, well, what's the point? of all the shit that you say, what's the point of all, of all your opinions and everything. If the thing that you can do to actually change the, the thing you're upset about, you don't do it or you're selective to, to where it's like as an industry, as a whole, you, you support this thing to not support the other thing, but both those things are, are problematic, you know? Mm. So it, it's just one of those things where I, it, I know it's easier said than done, but not really. Not if you feel really passionate about something like it, if you really hate something, like for example, all those people out there who really have a problem with with, with Hogwarts Legacy, uh, and are kind of in between whether or not they'll support it or not, you know, if it's really that detrimental to you and it's really affecting you in a way where you can't support mm -hmm. it openly, that's fine. It's fine. Don't buy it, but don't don't be one of the people who support it, buy it, and then silently criticize it or or uh, loudly criticize it, but silently really enjoying the game because it, that that happens all the time. You know how many times I've seen people that I know be critical of a game that I know they put like eighty hours into, and it's like because of the discourse and that happened with Cyberpunk because mm -hmm. the discourse that's out there, they're they're putting in their two cents. I'm like, but you beat the game. Like you are like you're you love like you. you we, I have so messages. True, I got bro. I got receipts, man. Like <laughs> you can see those trophies weird. and achievements on your profile, <laughs> I'm my guy. Saying. Yeah, I think, and then like the vote, the vote watching too. Like, oh, this is what I decided to do, but I want to see if you uh, align with my perspective yeah. on this, and I want to yeah. make sure you're doing the right thing because my vote is the correct vote. 
to yeah. not buy, you know, like whatever the reason is, if it's something controversial, like what Hogwarts Legacy is going through, or if it's even something like, hey, I hate buying games and then waiting for a month for all the bugs to be gone. So I'm voting with my wallet to wait until the game is patched or on sale before I play it. Absolutely. That's totally your prerogative. But that doesn't mean, again, that you jump on the Internet and you jump down everybody's throat about them deciding, hey, this isn't a deal breaker for me. So the voting of the wallet kind of is is a it's it's kind of a dual thing right now. It's yeah. stay true to what you want to do, but also don't hate on people just because they're voting the way they want to vote. You know, like if you know and it sucks sometimes. I get it. People are buying games that are you know, milking you dry with, with really annoying microtransaction models and stuff like that. And I get it. It's so annoying to see that people are still buying that game. And it feels like your vote to not buy that game isn't mattering because it's basically telling these companies, yo, you, we can get away with doing this still because everybody's still buying our game. Yeah. I get that. But that's that it's not your place to because that, that's when it starts to turn into like activism. You know what I mean? Um and you start trying to to politicize your your votes on what you support and don't support about a game. You're trying to rally the troops and get everybody to think the way you think, and that's not how it works. I always say, game how you game, and in order to do that, you gotta stay true to yourself, but let people stay true to themselves too with the way yeah, they choose absolutely. to buy games yeah. and play them. So, yeah, but um. That is five things we think gamers get wrong. I think there's there's probably plenty more than five things, but uh, we'll we'll there's a lot of things. We'll leave it there. Um, but that is going to wrap up our checkpoint chat, and that is also going to wrap up this week's show. So uh, until next time, on behalf of Pablo, thanks for listening to our show and sub to it if you enjoyed this. We would really appreciate it. Uh, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Cooldown Time Podcast or Twitter at Cooldown Time Pod so that we will always be in your FOV. Until next time, you're welcome, and we'll see you again later. Make me feel good.